0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. As far as the bullpen is concerned, Tommy Hunter made the team. Congratulations. That's a bit. You know, I take, some, I take some blame on this because I think when we were talking about bullpen options, and that one was very tough to predict, I looked at TJ McFarlane and thought, oh, that's a guy. He's got a connection to Buck. They could add another lefty to the bullpen to go along with Brooks Raleigh. And I forgot about Buck's love affair for Tommy Hunter. And the truth is, Tommy Hunter has been on the Mets now for two separate years. He was actually even here before Buck was here back in 2021. For a short period of time, he was here. Tommy Hunter pitched eight scoreless innings in 2021. Last year, Tommy Hunter gave up six earned runs in 22-plus innings, which is a 2-4 ERA. Tommy Hunter's been a good Met. You know, he's, he, he's been good. You know, he got another non-roster invitee this season. He is 36 years old, going to turn 37 in the middle of the year, so he's no spring chicken. And he's one of those relievers that's, you know, bounced around baseball, the Phillies, the Rays, the Orioles, Cleveland. He's been everywhere. But he does make a lot of sense on this on this roster. It makes a lot of sense in terms of he had a good spring training. He pitched well for the Mets last year. He pitched well met for the Mets the year before. There was really no mark against him. So, bad job by us by not giving him more of a shot when we were talking about all the possibilities to make this roster. Jeff Brigham, guy like that, he didn't make the team. The other one we couldn't have predicted is Dennis Santana. It looks like Dennis is going to make the team. He was a the guy they picked up uh, a couple of weeks ago. Hasn't pitched that much in spring training, but another one of those guys, veteran reliever. Maybe you get a great year out of him. And it's also really temporary because. These names are going to change. They're going to change because guys are going to go on the eye out and they're going to change because guys are going to go up and down. That is clearly going to happen. We obviously were wrong about the amount of bullpen spots that were up for grabs because none of us could have seen Edwin Diaz getting hurt, but Brooks Raleigh should be ready to go. And the core of this bullpen, the guys who are going to be asked to get the biggest outs of the game, at least from the get-go, because things can change based on the seasons that guys are having. Drew Smith, Brooks Raleigh, David Robertson, Adam Adevino. And I've been giving it more thought. I do not think that David Robertson is going to be the closer. I think David Robertson is going to get a lot of opportunities in the ninth inning. But I think Buck, Showalter, who did it last year with Edwin Diaz, I think it is going to be about matchups. I I really do. I, I think that we are going to see days where Brooks Raleigh is getting saves. I think there's going to be days where David Robertson is getting saves. I think there are going to be days where Adam Adovino, especially against a right-handed lead-in part of the order, is going to be getting saves. And maybe Drew Smith. Drew Smith had a weird year last year because he was really good early on. Then he started to struggle. Which Drew Smith are we going to see? Those other guys, um, Santana, Ngosik, Hunter, they're probably going to be kind of more towards the back end, needing to prove themselves, really. But those four guys at the top are going to be asked to get, I think, the the high leverage outs, and there isn't going to be a closer. And you look around baseball, Pete and I had our fantasy draft the other day, and we were in a league with saves and holds. Luckily, that's easy for us because guy gets a hold, great. Guy gets a save, great. We don't live in a world anymore where guys are just getting saves. There's a lot of teams in baseball where there are going to be multiple guys
1: getting the saves. Multiple guys are going to be getting that ninth inning. It's going to be all over the place but i i'm actually comfortable with this like this is something where like a lot of people are like oh my goodness the season's over because Edward Diaz isn't there if you wanted to talk about a, a bullpen that was actually set to succeed with their closer going down it's the new york mets you have three guys Ottavino, robertson and I, raleigh's closed enough games with with tampa if i'm correct that they have they have plenty of guys to fill the void to make those high level situations and, and, and close out those innings and, and succeed. I'm not, I'm not concerned about this bullpen. That's the one thing actually, I'm actually very happy with the,
0: I'm concerned about every bullpen Pete, because I feel like bullpens are similar to place kickers in the NFL where you just don't know what you're getting year to year. And that can be good. And that can be bad because you're going to have a guy that we're not even thinking of who may have been in the minor leagues right now. Maybe it's Montes to Oka once he gets healthy, who's going to dominate, who's going to have a great year. And there are going to be guys, unfortunately, Adam may be the leading candidate for this, who just have a bad year after having a great year. Remember Aaron Loop? The Mets moved on at the right time, but they let Aaron Loop go. He goes to Anaheim. He's mediocre. And that's a year after having like a 1-2 ERA. So I I get what you're saying, by the way. I'm not saying you're necessarily wrong that they were equipped to deal with this because they had a lot of depth in their bullpen. I just think bullpen arms are so up and down. I just David Robertson too. like David Robertson and Adam Adovino are perfect candidates to not be nearly as good as they were a year ago. If they're as good as they were a year ago, the Met bullpens in great shape. They both had really good seasons. It's just, you don't know from year to year and that's what's so scary.
1: No, I, I get that. But the one thing that I will say is Adam Adovino and David Robertson are both veterans enough where they've been through those up and downs before too. So they're, it's not like it's going to be like, oh, my goodness, I'm, I'm having a shaky season. How do I improve from here? How do I get it back to where it was last year? Adam Adavito has gone through those downs with the Yankees, with the Red Sox, and they've been able to figure things out. And i been able, not saying he's per- perfect, but at least he's gone through it before that in high-leverage situations I think that he can get back to it even if he loses it. Like a role to in somebody that we're talking about in, in, a, in two months or three months, if he's doing okay with the Kansas City Royals, Do we see the Mets try to make a play for him? I don't think I touched the guy because I still don't think he could figure out a non-high leverage situation anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are going to be guys. I don't know if it's Chapman to your point, but there's going to be guys who we're not even thinking of. who are going to be targets at the trade deadline. Uh, The one guy I don't want to forget about is John Curtis, who I think can also very quickly move himself into a high leverage role, too. Uh, the Mets took a flyer on John Curtis a year ago. It was all for this moment after missing last year with Tommy John and he had a good off season, uh, a good spring training as well. So yeah, I guess the bullpen isn't that surprising. I think both of us figured John Curtis had a great chance to make the team. Dennis Santana was no one we thought of because he wasn't on the team. Nugosik always had an inside track because he was out of options. They also announced that Tyler McGill was going to the minor leagues. Not a surprise. I think we talked about that on the last Rico, the Rico before that, where one of those guys, Peterson or McGill, were going to go to the minor leagues. It doesn't mean they're not going to be back real soon. The Mets are going to use a six-man rotation at times throughout the season. Tyler McGill is going to be that guy. David Peterson earned, completely earned, not just from spring training, but even last year, he earned the top crack at this fifth spot in the rotation, even though it's really the second spot in the rotation because he's pitching the second game of the year. But whatever. Tyler McGill pitched the first game of the year last year. What the hell does that mean? So David Peterson deserves that first crack. Tyler McGill is going to remain a starting pitcher at AAA, and then he's going to come back, and he's going to come back relatively soon to fill in, hopefully not for somebody hurt, but just to add a sixth guy to the rotation. And then, I hate to tell you this, someone's going to get hurt. Someone's going to miss hopefully only a couple of starts, but someone's going to miss time. And then Tyler McGill's in the rotation, and then eventually Elisar Hernandez is in the rotation, <laughs> and then God, and then Dylan Bundy is in the rotation. Joey Low
1: Casey, let's go, Joey look Casey. Like
0: all the guys, at some point, will get starts. That's going to happen. That's just the way it is. But Tyler McGill going down to the minor leagues, no surprise at all, no issue with it. David Peterson
1: deserves this crack in the rotation, and he's going to get it day two of the season. So I had a hypothetical um, because I work with a lot of Yankee fans and I've heard a lot of Yankee fans say Volpe made the team, Gleyber Torres, the best option is to trade him. So I threw this out there just to see what people thought. I want to hear what your reaction is because it's weird the reactions I've gotten from Yankees and Mets fans. Would you trade Gleyber Torres for either Carlos Carrasco, David Peterson or Tyler McGill?
0: Um. uh I would not trade. Uh, where the hell is Glaber Torres playing? By the
1: way, right? Yeah, like, let's start
0: with that. Like, what's your plan? McNeil goes to the outfield,
1: right? McNeil goes to the outfield, and then Torres could be the right-handed DH at certain times too.
0: Yeah, I pro, I pro- honestly probably I would make that trade just because I think Glaber Torres still has that kind of star potential, even though he's taken a step back the last couple of years. So probably, if I had to rank the order of importance on it, I would actually want to protect David Peterson amongst anyone else. Carlos Carrasco is a veteran righty. He's probably not going to be back next year. Short term, it would you know hurt your rotation depth. But yeah, at the end of the day, am I trading Carlos Carrasco for Glaber Torres? Absolutely. After that, I would probably do Tyler McGill. David Peterson, I'm scared about trading because I think he's got a chance to be really good. I, I think that I think he has a chance to be really good, but it's it's not going to happen, Pete. You know these Met Yankee trades; they never they're not going to happen. What? You should call up the overnight at WFN and suggest this to Lacata,
1: and he'll yell at you. I I would have called up McMonagle the other night, but the phones weren't working.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, the, uh, re- the
1: reason why I asked, though, too, the re- okay, so but to be fair, I've heard no's from both sides. Like, obviously, Yankee fans are like, well, no, we should get more for Gleyber Torres. I'm like, first of all, you're telling the- telling me the guy sucks. He shouldn't be on the team. Well, I-, I don't understand that. Like, D- Gleyber Torres isn't a good enough bat to be playing second base or being on the New York Yankees. I'm sorry. They're not that great that Gleyber Torres should not be on the team. And, by the way... You do need pitching health, so we have excess pitching. By and then, the way, didn't I didn't I suggest way back when during the offseason,
0: when we had trade week and we had a very special Mets Yankees trade episode? I think one of the trades I came up with was Glaber Torrance for David Peterson, wasn't it? I know, and I'm pretty <laughs>
1: sure we said no to that. I think C. I, I think C- <laughs> said no. Well, and, and the funny thing is, I so the Mets fans though a lot of Mets fans. You're the first one that said. You the question was fair, where are we gonna play clay But you're the first person that said I would I'd be willing to make the trade. Most people well, said yeah, no. Because if you're just asking me,
0: you know, would I trade Carlos Carrasco, who's gonna be here for one more year, who's a solid veteran in the rotation, don't get me wrong, for a guy who could be on my team potentially for the next eight or nine years. Yeah. And I think the beauty of Jeff McNeil is that he's a Swiss Army knife. Jeff McNeil I think he'll be a Met for a long time, but he may play different positions. He may be you – know, he's a second baseman now. There's no guarantee that's where he's playing three years from now. Maybe he's the left fielder three years he's from been now. He's Ben Zobrist. I think that's crazy. He's Ben Zobrist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree, and I think what's great about him is that he never gets affected by it. You know, his, his batting never is affected by, oh, he's playing left field today, right field tomorrow, second base today, third base. It doesn't bother him, but that trade's never going to happen. I, I don't feel a Met trade, and you could save this if I'm dead wrong. I don't feel a Met trade before opening day. Now, sometimes we do get those late spring training. I think they got Jerry Blevins right before opening day. They got Jose Vizcayeno years ago right before opening day. So there are trades like that. I don't think it's coming. So if you're waiting for the right-handed DH via that, it's not <laughs> happening. I think a lot of the Met additions – I'm not saying it's a trade deadline edition because that's a different, that's months from now. They're coming from within. Now, they got two guys right now in their system that are on the verge of being called up and maybe having prominent roles in this offense and Mark Fientos and Brett Beatty. They are not spending the entire year at AAA. Francisco Alvarez may spend the entire year at AAA. I would not say that about Mark Fientos and Brett Beatty. We got a lot more Ricos. We're going to give you a Rico every night. Until we get to opening day, every day till opening day, we'll have specific Met predictions with our friend Sal Licata. Pete and I will give you our official MLB predictions, including making fun of all my MLB predictions over the last decade and how bad they've been. or right. I've had a couple of rights. And obviously, we'll get you set for opening day and have an instant reaction to the opener on Thursday against the Miami Marlins. I do want to give credit to one guy who did email us. And I thought it was very funny because he held himself accountable, and I appreciate that. And that person was a guy by the name of Howie, all right? Howie wrote us complaining at me and you, at me and Pete. He said, Evan and Pete, I just listened to episode 102, and I had to write this in an email. He's about to kill us, by the way. Normally, I consider both of you the voice of reason behind all the crazy Met fans out there in social media. But during this episode, you guys really sounded plain unreasonably biased against Darren Ruff. Let me state, I am not a Ruff fan, and I don't think he's good. That much I agree with both of you. But let's be realistic. If purely based on spring training stats, these regulars should be caught. And he cited Tommy Pham hitting 156, Daniel Vogelback hitting 205. He says, and these guys should make it. And he quoted DJ Stewart hitting 370, Jose Peraza hitting 300. Then let's make Stewart the fourth outfielder since he's hitting better. Of course not. If you guys want to cut Darren Ruff, why not Daniel Vogel back too? He's on. And he goes on and on and on. Okay. First of all, as I explained, Howie, my issues with Ruff was not just based on spring training, it was based on the last year. Spring training was just a continuation. Howie wrote back after the rough news, like literally five minutes after the rough news came out. And this is why Howie is a great listener and a good man. Howie writes, Hi, Evan and Pete. Okay. I was wrong. <laughs> the Mets just DFA'd rough. What do I know about jamming a team?
1: Howie from Flushing.
0: That's my guy right there.
1: I love it, Howie. Thank you. He took his L. <laughs> Hey, by the way, so partly the reason why we've been so hard on rough, like you said, we were hard on rough because of the last season. He wants to cut Vogel back because of a terrible spring. If anybody can recall, one guy that everyone wanted to get last year was Juan Soto, and I, I respect the Guys, a phenomenal talent. But Vogel back, and I go on this record because last year, when he got traded to the Mets, his numbers were better than Juan Soto at the trade deadline. You go back, it's fact. They both had six home runs. I think Vogelback <laughs> had 25 RBIs to Soto's 16. His old like- OPS was higher. You go up and down. Now, I'm not saying that Vogelback is is the the key to this offense like we're talking about going into 2023. But if you want to be fair, who had the better the better uh second half at the after the trade deadline? It was Vogelback over Soto. Uh-huh.
0: Here's the truth. Here's what I take out of this. If the Mets or Yankees had traded for Juan Soto last year and he put up the same production, he would be destroyed by fans. Like he would be criticized because a, the package that you'd have to give up. B we all know how great Juan Soto is. And for him to come over and hit two thirty with an OPS of 780, Oh my God. I they would just, there would have been hell to pay. That's the real moral of that story. He did not perform well. Just like if the Mets trade for Shohei Otani and he comes over and he hits 225 and pitches to a six ERA. Dude, forget about it. He's done. That would not go well. That would no. not go well. No. Anyhow, we appreciate you listening. Of course, you can interact with us at gmail at gmail.com. A rico every day until we get to opening day. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronia podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.